Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Everybody, this is Michael Amart. This is Angela from Arch Enemy. And you are watching and listening to Talking Metal. Yeah! <laughs> hey, what's up, folks? This is Nurgle from Behemoth speaking. Yeah, you're listening to Talking Metal. Stay evil. Stay metal. See you in the fall. Cheers. The best hard rock. The best heavy metal. Talking Metal. A podcast hosted by Mark Striegel and John Astronomy. Available through iTunes and most other podcast providers. Feel the power. Feel the glory. TalkingMetal.com Welcome to Talking Metal. Astronomy here at Circus Bar. Listening to some music that Mark just played. Yeah, we got a little ACDC on the jukebox right now. We got a little money, which I just threw your way, courtesy of Jason Jayhawk. Jayhawk, thank you so much. We got to meet up with you, man. You're right in New York City. Why haven't we hung with you yet? Jayhawk, thank you very much, man. It's insane that uh, right now I'm looking at some cash that I'm going to use for some drinks here at Circus, courtesy of Jayhawk. Thank you. We owe you. We definitely got to hang out, man. Absolutely. Here's a big toast to Jayhawk. All right, man. Very cool. Thank you, Jayhawk. I'm drinking a little Pabst Blue Ribbon here at the Circus Bar on 9th Avenue. 44th, 43rd is where we're between. And we are hanging out. Little ACDC on the jukebox. We were here last night hanging with Mr. Surge from System. Yeah, Surge was amazing, man. We, we had a couple of beers. We hung out and did... It's some cool stuff here, which we'll tell you all about on a future podcast. Serge has got a brand new record that is about to drop. It's called Lek the Dead. There's already a couple songs from it up on iTunes, and I am legitimately digging the two songs that are up on iTunes. Uh, Unthinking Majority is one of the, those songs, and the other song, let me check my iPod. Empty Walls. Yeah, Empty Walls, right. And then there's another song on his MySpace page, too, so definitely check that out. And uh, just Serge was such a cool dude. We, uh, we had some beers. We went outside. We came back in. Uh, we had a fun time at the Circus Bar last night. Yeah, we talked some metal, talked some Iron Maiden with Serge. He was telling us what a big influence Maiden was on uh, System of a Down. So just good to talk some metal with a, a fellow metal fan. Absolutely. We got a killer show for you guys tonight, and we're going to kind of really 
give you guys a lot of stuff because we know we've been a little slow in getting these podcasts up the last couple of weeks. And uh, we're going to give you Behemoth and Arch Enemy today. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Long overdue. It's about time we got these interviews posted for you guys. We just want to remind you that we do have a MySpace page. It's Talking Metal. No, it's myspace.com slash Talking Metal. Check out the show notes. We should have some links up there where you can buy tracks that you hear in today's episode. The show notes are available at TalkingMetal.com or StriegelsMusicNews.com. Join the forums at TalkingMetalForum.com, forums.com. Uh, all spoken word and dialogue are copyright 2007 by Talking Metal. All the interviews, copyright 2007 by Talking Metal. Any random sounds that aren't copyrighted music are copyright Talking Metal. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so anyway, I'm drinking some beer, as we said. You know, Pabst Blue Ribbon beer, it always reminded me, and I don't know why, of Iron City beer. And unless you're from Pittsburgh, you may or may not know Iron City beer. Did you ever hear of that, Mark? You know, I think I've heard you mention it before, but I, I don't know that beer. No. I think the only reason Pabst reminds me of it is that, I guess back when I was a kid... My family and our friends either had a lot of Iron City and a lot of Paps, and I just used to recognize those cans all the time. So for some reason, I always associate both beers together. But it's cool. I like it. Paps Blue Ribbon Beer. That's what I'm drinking, man. That's what I'm drinking. Let's come back. I want to talk about Z-Man. But uh, let's hear from our good friends Angela and Michael from Arch Enemy. Check it out. Hey, it's John with Talking Metal. I'm here at the Nokia Theater with Mark, Angela, and Michael from Arch Enemy. How are you guys doing today? Doing good. You guys have a great new album out. We just got this. It's called Rise of the Tyrant. And let me tell you, the second that I put on the album Blood on Your Hands came on, I just was so psyched to hear new music from you guys, and it kicks ass. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I wanted to ask you, in the song Rise of the Tyrant, um, you have that intro. Is that like a TV show? It reminded me of like Iron Maiden, like The Prisoner or something, where there's something playing before. Where's yeah, that like, from? It's from a film from late 70s, early 80s, called uh, Caligula. It's Malcolm McDowell, the actor speaking there. It's, it's in the role of uh, Caligula, you know, the Roman emperor. So, yeah, it's just something that was, we thought fitted the, the atmosphere of that song. And, uh, yeah, it just got, I guess it does, you know, Kind of like Prisoner, right? With, yeah, uh, that's what it reminded me of. Totally, totally. So what happened down in Texas? The bus got pulled over, searched? Yeah, yeah. But they didn't get us, obviously, because uh, we're this clean band. Um, yeah. At no, least when no it comes drugs. to drugs. No. no. No drugs on our bus, so yeah. everything. They were very, very disappointed, I, I think. Because that kind of the whole police force they had there at the border was, like, standing at our bus. And they were pretty – I think they were pretty convinced they would find – a whole bunch of stuff. I guess that's kind of uh, what a lot of normal people think. A rock band, okay, they're going to have a lot of shit there, right? And, um, well, they were just like, so you guys still smoke any weed at all? What kind of rock and roll band are you? And I'm like, well, we drink. Isn't that rock and roll? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. No, they didn't get us. It's pretty good. Very good. And Christopher is back. How's it uh, to have your brother back in the band? Yeah, it feels great, you know. It's um, it's just uh, feels quite natural, you know. It's nothing, um, you know. We enjoy playing with you know Frederick, who was his replacement for uh, eighteen months. That was cool too. But um, you know, obviously, 
you know, having, uh, you know, my brother out here is great, you know, and, you know, we obviously, he was obviously in the band when we started the band, so, you know, just feels quite natural, feels good, doesn't feel weird or anything. Cool, and he sorted out whatever he sorted out in his time away? I think so, yeah. I think he just gained some perspective, you know, being away from the band, being away from this kind of uh, lifestyle, and uh, tried uh, a few different things that he wanted to try out, and now he's, you know, 100% focused on, you know, playing guitar in Arch Enemy. So everything's good. Very good. Now back to the uh, health kick. Angela, I heard that you're bringing some exercise gear out on the road. Is that true? No, no, no. I just bring my own body weight, which is not so much at the moment. But <laughs> uh, Machina. Yeah, I have my bo- yoga mat because <laughs> I think... Uh, you know, when, when you when you play live a lot every night, that's kind of an extreme workout what I do on stage. So I, I try to balance it out. It's a lot of aggression. That is, it, it does certain things in your body, kind of the energy levels are more on the extreme side. So what I try to do after the show and before the shows, I do a lot of yoga exercises, which everybody who's ever done yoga knows that this is not soft stuff. It's like it, you really, when you really since they work with your own body weight, it, it's really tough on the muscles as well because you do all this slow stuff and you just have got probably you just on your hands and all that. So it really exercises the body as well, but in a more calming way. But Machina, they got the whole, you know, I'm not going to allow to say any names now, but they got like all these weights like with them lot. and they're just really pumping. <laughs> I think that's kind of a guy thing to do though because <laughs> for me it's just, it would be too much to pump weights before the show then do this full-on aggression during the show uh, I notice that I get out of balance I need something that kind of really uh, gets my body back into like a more calmer state but I, I want to stay I want to keep on like working with my body because it's not good to just you know just stop that because we're going to be on the road for three and a half months and I kind of start missing that so but it's more yoga and uh, pilates you know this kind of stuff what I do now, you mentioned to me that you got a cold, and I know that you said that when you were on planes, you were, like, taking, like, a ton of uh, yeah, yeah, medication yeah. just to try to ward off all the other people with germs uh, on planes. And now, how did you end up with a cold? Uh, it's just the problem. It's not only us. There's a couple of people sick on the machine head bus, and you obviously, every night you talk to fans, and they are sick, so it's... Um, you know, I never... Yeah, not all of them, but some, you know... When I'm at home, I never get sick because I don't really interact so much with people. I think, for me, it happens as soon as I get into all, like, lots of sweaty shows. We had a couple of shows where we did extreme air conditioning as well, so I sweat a lot. I'm in a cold jet stream of air. I get out. I it's talk like to people. It's like when you're on a tour bus. Yeah. You know, you, you know, a guitar tech sick. Yeah, everybody. Uh, a bass player sick. sick. So there's so a few sick people on the bus. And it's just like it's one air conditioning happens. circling around all this... The satanic stuff. <laughs> I, I got it now. I just hope um, I hope that's it. Because, I mean, obviously the body gets tougher once you get over it. It kind of uh, it's made me more prepared for the rest of the tour. I mean, as long as I don't get totally mute with my voice, I'm fine. <laughs> cool. I've heard of uh, stories where certain people were actually wearing gloves when they met fans so that yeah. they didn't pick up something from them. Yeah, but that's, that's a little bit more of an extreme. Almost. Right. Yeah, but I mean... It doesn't look nice. No. I'd feel bad doing that. Like, okay, hold on. i got to put on the glove, and then I'm going to shake your hand. Yeah, no, I don't, obviously. My bad. Maybe I should have, but I mean, (laughs) that's just too... uh, That's just like... I think it's it's, it's kind of... um, The the Chinese medicine says, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. So I think once I get over this cold, I'm probably uh, immune for the rest of the tour, you know? Well, that's... I haven't had a cold this year, so I guess I get it at some point. Everybody has a cold at some point every year, so... 
Well, I hope you get better soon. And yeah. you're looking sound great, so. I, yeah, yeah, I sound wonderful. <laughs> cool. Well, we're going to wrap it up, and we really appreciate you guys joining us on Talking Metal. But one quick question. Uh, we've had some fans email in, and they were upset that they uh, canceled an Arch Enemy show at the House of Blues at Disneyland in California. Any thoughts on this? And there's a big backlash now that's going on on the Internet, and there's a lot of websites like antimusic.com that are actually boycotting anything Disney-related, like Hollywood Records, for example. Any thoughts since you guys were kind of involved in this? Um, I mean, it was just for us it was just disappointing, you know, because the first show, and then they just moved. I think the disappointing was that thing was that they moved it on such short notice and yeah. just started moving shows out of there within 48 hours or whatever it was and uh, um, I don't know we don't really have too many, many views about it I don't think uh, it's just I think um, I mean that's obviously they can do whatever they want they're a big corporation but I think it's not right to do this they should have said maybe from okay from next year on we're not yeah. gonna book any more bands but the bands that are booked in now they, uh, that's just that was too for us it really hit us I mean it was just too short notice and I think that's not fair uh, you know, for us, because obviously I think we lost maybe probably a couple of people because it was really far out the other it's venue. Like two hours away, yeah, yeah, so I mean, I don't think you can. I mean, that's just not right to do. I mean, wh what? Yeah, they, they just made. That, yeah. I don't think they made that decision ad hoc. You know, so they must have known for a while, and then just giving us a short note is just not right. I mean, it's a big corporation. What can we say about big corporations? Our album's called Rise of the Tyrant. We have songs like Revolution Begins. We don't like big corporations anyway. So, but. It's just like, I don't think, they should have said maybe, yeah, okay, from, from a certain time, well, we're not going to book metal bands anymore. But yeah, well, you know. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, guys, Angela and Michael, thank you so much for taking the time out. I want to make sure that all of our listeners and viewers go out and buy Rise of the Tyrant. And if you're in Japan, you can get a copy, which I'm going to figure out how to order, that has a bonus track of The Oath by Kiss. Uh, and I'm psyched. Right. How'd yeah. you guys come out with that song? Um, Obscure Kiss song. Yeah, yeah, it is. I just always liked that album. Uh, it came out at a time when I was into Kiss, and you know, in the early eighties, right? Eighty, eighty-one. Excellent. Yeah, uh, it's just something. It's just a cool heavy metal song that they did on that record, which is kind of a the least successful Kiss album, I believe. Right. Yeah. But I, it came out at a time when I was into, you know, when all of us in the band were into Kiss. So it was just a song that we always liked. Thank you guys very, very much, and uh, we're going to let you go because I know you guys got to get ready and you're going to go on stage, and we're psyched to see the show. Yeah, thanks. Enjoy it. Hey, everybody, this is Michael Amart. And this is Angela from Arch Enemy. And you are watching and listening to Talking Metal. Yeah!
is I Will Live Again by Arch Enemy off of their new album, Rise of the Tyrants. Those guys were really cool. We did that interview at the Nokia Theater in New York, which is uh, 1515 Broadway, uh, middle of Times Square. Great new theater. Used to be a movie theater. Yeah, it did. I remember seeing movies there. Naked Gun 3 I saw there with O.J. O.J. Simpson, man. I used to love O.J. Yeah. I, I, I liked him as an actor, actually. I don't like him anymore. But uh, let me just say, uh, we've been trying trying for a while to get Angela on the show, and we are very happy that she finally was able to join us. Michael came back on the show and uh, has been a big supporter of the podcast, and we actually did some shooting with them, too. So uh, we'll let you guys know where you might be able to see uh, see the actual uh, interview or at least portions of it uh, real soon. And um, support Arch Enemy, Rise of the Tyrants. Use the link in the show notes to buy I Will Live Again on iTunes. Yeah, those guys were really, really cool. Um, Angel had a little bit of a cold, and I feel bad because she was worried about giving me germs. She kept saying, you better wash your hands and all that. And I was like, don't worry, I'm not going to catch any germs from you. She was so cool. And by the way, we do edit these podcasts, and when we're in a loud bar like this, uh, it makes it difficult. So if you hear the song skipping or cutting out in the back, that's because John or myself, probably most likely myself, fucked up, and uh, we had to clean something up. No, I'm the, I fuck up more than you do, So, um, and I'm the king of editing, although it's just really difficult when there's music playing in the background. Sometimes I try to edit the songs like in places where it sounds like, you know, it'll work. But then you're like, man, I didn't know that Iron Man song like you know went to the solo right after the verse. Well, we we did one that Heaven and Hell episode, and somebody actually wrote in and saying, uh, it's cool that you have a bar in your city that'll play Iron Maiden, but it really sucks that the DJ faded the song out. <laughs> And I was I replied, I said, actually no, there was there was a jukebox and by the way, uh, we faded the song out. That was uh, considered creative editing on Pro Tools by me, but so sorry about that. We don't wanna alter the classics, you know. It's like when they colorize an old movie or something, it's like the astronomy effect on Iron Maiden. Yeah, very good, very good. Well, Z-Man, the poor guy, his uh, his dog actually passed away. I was reading about it on the Talking Metal forums, and uh, that's sad, man. I, I I feel for you. I got a dog. I grew up with dogs, and uh, you know, I recently got a dog, and I just love those little things, man. They're they're so amazing, and uh, I just wanted to say that uh, it was uh, a younger dog, and it had an epileptic. How do you say that? Epilec- uh, epileptic seizure. Epileptic. epileptic seizure. No, an epileptic attack is what he wrote on the, the forum. And uh, the poor dog never recovered. And uh, anyways, uh, rest in peace, Daisy the Shepherd. You see, man, I'm really sorry to hear about your dog. And let me tell you, when, when my dog, Fred, passed away back when I was in college, my parents didn't even tell me until I finished finals because they knew I was going to go crazy because... Uh, Fred was uh, 18 years old. Uh, I had him for pretty much my whole life, and, um, you know, it was such a big blow to our whole family to lose Fred. So I know how you feel about Daisy, and you know what? We're going to – I don't know if this is appropriate, but just to tribute Daisy, let's let's do a tribute toast. 
to the memory of Daisy. Yeah, I mean, the sad thing, too, is it sounds like Daisy was uh, was a younger dog. Uh, we actually, my family actually lost a, a four-year-old golden retriever, and it was a heartbreak uh, to cancer, actually. Uh, yeah, so Emily and I got a new uh, little retriever oh, about about two, th- two months ago at this point. He's a great little guy. We're having a lot of fun with him. Uh, what else? Oh, the new down record is freaking amazing. We're going to be talking with uh, Kirk from, from down real soon. Yeah, absolutely. We, we're going we're gonna to do some really interesting stuff uh, with Kirk. And uh, just stay tuned, guys, for, for all this. We're not going to talk about it just yet, but uh, be patient. And uh, we're going to bring you a lot of cool content in the very near future. Yeah, I was told, actually, that I cannot talk about it until the end of October. So uh, I'm not talking about it. Right, we're not talking about anything. We're just talking metal right here at the Circus Bar. They got some freaky stuff hanging, man. And there's a cool picture of this girl with, like, no shirt on and a clown face with, like, a clown nose. See that over there? See that? Oh, I saw that last night, yeah, when we were in here pretty wild. I wonder who that is, actually. I was trying to figure out if I might know that person, or if that's some kind of stock photo that they got somewhere. Yeah, I don't know. Battlestar Galactica, guys, is returning to the Sci-Fi Channel on November 24th. Check it out. Battlestar Razor. What are you going to do this weekend, Mark? Uh, I gotta, like, clean our yard. There's, like, leaves and pine needles all over the freaking place. I bought, like, a blower at Home Depot, so I'm going to just blow them all into my neighbor's yard. That's great. <laughs> and uh, then tomorrow night, I'm going to see Queens, Queens of the Stone Age, Madison Square Garden Theater. So, psyched for that. Uh, it should be fun. And uh, hopefully have a few drinks. Let loose a little bit. John and I have been far too busy. So busy that my drinking has been about cut in half, just because I don't have time. Here's the negative with me. I've been so busy. Mark and I have been equally busy because we've been spending a lot of time working on Talking Metal together. And... The problem is, is that when we get done with that, I need to, un- quote, unwind for a little bit, which translates into not just going to one bar. I've been lately going to, like, four different places, eating in four different places, drinking in four different places per night, and I've been spending, like, so much cash, it's unbelievable. I've been, you know, okay on the drinking, but I've been spending so much money that you wouldn't believe it. No, I believe it. I believe it, for sure. Lunch, I spent like a hundred bucks for lunch, and then I went like to like two or three restaurants after work. And see, for for people in in other towns, you might think like, what the hell is going on with that? But the thing is, in New York, like I was ordering these drinks. I like to drink Grand Marnier now, and like the drinks are like fourteen, fifteen dollars each. So you might have three, or four drinks, and then you're paying like sixty bucks just for that. You know what the most expensive cities in the country are? They're like neck and neck. San Francisco and New York? Yeah, you got it. You got it. One of the most expensive cities in the world, Tokyo. Wow, I didn't know that. Isn't that where uh, Alexi from Children of Bodom uh, said there was like, this cool like bar that they played docking in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was called like the Dockin' Bar or something, but I think he, he told us it closed down. Excited uh, to break some news on those guys. Uh, which uh, we're going to break in, I guess, the middle of November. Yeah, absolutely. We, we got so much stuff. I mean, the crazy thing is we've been kind of like to the, to the 
Talking Metal listener, you know, the loyal listeners, you might think that we're kind of slacking off. Let me tell you, we are not. It appears that way, but we're going to make up for it with a lot of cool content coming to you very soon. Yeah, and I mean, a lot of you guys who read the message board, you know who we've been inter- interviewing recently. We're going to bring that to you soon. Nikki Six, Dave Mustaine, Surge, Arch Enemy, Throwdown, uh, Nick Oliveri, all going to be coming to you uh, via the Talking Metal platform real soon. Absolutely. We, we have some really fun stuff planned, and uh, I just thought I saw something. I'm seeing things at this point. I actually thought I saw something run across this napkin, and I absolutely didn't. In New York City, anything can happen. You can- I was going to say, at this place, you may have seen something yeah. run across a napkin. I was in this other bar, and um, there was a piece of popcorn on the bar, and I. next thing I know, it was not here, let me tell you. Out of nowhere, a decent-sized roach appeared on that piece of popcorn, like out of nowhere. And, and the, the bartender felt bad and gave me a free drink just because I witnessed this. Wow. Well, what do we got coming up here, dude? Well, we've got Nurgle from Behemoth. That guy is really cool. He's got a lot to say. Great interview with him. I'm excited to play this for you guys. We had a lot of fun hanging out with him. They put on a great set. This was recorded at OzFest in New Jersey over the summer. And the new record, it's not even that new anymore, but the latest record is The Apostasy by Behemoth. I recommend you check it out. And we're going to actually end today's show with a track off that record called Inner Sanctum. You know, what's really wild is, speaking of KISS, uh, they had a uh, well-publicized, if you were a KISS fan, uh, TV show that aired in Australia. It was called KISS The Inner Sanctum, something like that. But Inner Sanctum was definitely part of the title of that and it was a concert they did in australia and there was a whole little tv special built around it so it's pretty cool that they're calling this song inner sanctum and uh, i wonder if that you know that has any kiss influence i i don't think so there's because i there's a lot of bands that have a song called inner sanctum i'm not sure what the meaning behind that is but uh, i actually searched inner sanctum on itunes and like something like 15 songs came up by 15 different bands yeah I think it actually means like a place where you feel secure in your inner sanctum. And I remember Ace going, here's the inner sanctum under the stage. Because Kiss actually on the Dynasty and on Mastors had a dressing room literally underneath the stage. So like they didn't use the arena's dressing rooms. They had their own. So they built their stage up and underneath it were actual dressing rooms. And um, they were calling that the inner sanctum. So... I just want to say, Nurgle was a really cool guy. We had a we had a really good time hanging on the bus with him. He, he offered us some uh, sodas, and uh, I think they ran out of alcohol. Cool. Well, let's check out the interview. Let's come back after the interview. Is that cool? Absolutely. Right here, check out the interview with Nurgle from Behemoth. Hey, it's John from Talking Metal. I'm hanging out on Behemoth's bus with Nurgle and Mark and Emily. How you doing, man? I'm actually doing great. Busy, but happy. Your show was unbelievable. This was the first time I had a chance to see you guys live, and I'll tell you the truth, I was completely blown away. I mean, the music is great, but I've always been a fan of the theatrical rock, and you guys, I mean, took it a step further. Even from the first time I saw your photo, I said, these guys look cool, and they got to be great. Well, first of all, thank you so much for the compliment. I appreciate it a lot. I'm happy there are still people in the U.S. that haven't seen us, because it seems like, I mean, we did like 150 shows just for Demigod, for the previous record. 
And sometimes I feel like, man, I mean, we, just, we have to stop, you know, for a while. You know, I mean, we have to fucking, you know, take time off because, you know, we, we're going to tour these people, you know. I mean, we're going to bore these people to death, you know. We just keep on coming here. But it seems like, you know, like every next tour we end up on is, uh, is like a, is like we, we pretty much expose ourselves in front of new people. So I'm happy we're actually, you know, playing. I mean, Oswald is all about, you know, like a mainstream crowd, you know. You can't say of this crowd as a black or death metal crowd, you know. I believe this is, you know, potentially a death metal crowd. But yeah, it's good to see people who haven't seen us. And this is like the, the first behemoth experience. So we're definitely, yeah, it's, it's a good place for us. Well, I'm glad you guys continued on and didn't take a little bit of time off, you know, or else I wouldn't have had a chance yeah, yeah, yeah. to see you. So I'm glad. Wow, we got some stuff coming. Thanks, man. So, Nurgle, I wanted to tell you, uh, my name on Talking Metal is John Astronomy, but my real last name is Ostrowski, and I'm uh, wow. Polish, too. So, cool. nice to see a great band from Poland coming out. I'm not originally from there, but my, my family is, yeah. and uh, it's really cool. It's definitely a Polish-sounding name, yeah. I, my and the second name is Darski. So, see, you okay. got this ski. Yeah, I got the ski. <laughs> you can't hide it. Now, the crazy thing, and I'll, I'll turn this over to Mark in a few minutes, but I just heard from George that uh, you guys can't play in Poland. Is that true? No, actually, some politicians, apparently, you know, find our message or our music um, dangerous. I, I, I'm not saying it's not, but at the same time saying, well, I mean, this is, this is you know, this is art, right? And we have our right to, you know, to express ourselves, you know, through, you know, you know, different forms of art, you know. So I mean, like, I don't know, man. It's just, it's just this weird policy, you know. They Poland wa really want to, you know, is trying its hard to be so like politically correct, you know. And I mean, they want to do things their way, you know. But it's, it's more like I would say, like, it's there's some fascist, you know, or Nazi, you know, tendencies. I would say, you know, they want to censor everything, man. There's hardly any porn left, you know. There's there's gonna be like, I mean, no place for nothing left, you know. Just you know, the only, uh, you know, proper ways of, of of living, you know what I mean. And that's what you know Nazis used to do, you know, back in the days. So I, I'm not happy with it, you know. But that's what yeah, that's what some politicians try to do, you know. They try to ban this band, you know. They say that we are we're like in the top of you know top five or something, you know, the most satanic bands, you know, and. And it's, uh, that we have like a bad influence, you know. We should be banned, you know. We should be, we shouldn't be playing on radio. We, 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 we shouldn't be, you know, doing any live performances and stuff, you know. So, basically, what they, they are trying, you know, they can't do anything yet, you know, since Poland is still democratic country. But well, I don't know what it, what the future can bring. I'm not, I'm just not very optimistic about this country, you know. And I already said it like several times. That's why probably today I had some Polish people screaming at me some curses, you know, and stuff. So. But fuck it and fuck them, you know. If they live here, you know, they're all like happy guys, you know what I mean? And they know shit about what's happening in my home country, you know what I mean? So um, they're proud of being Polish, you know, being, uh, you know, Americans, to be honest, Polish you know what I mean? Yeah. Polish-Americans, you know what I mean? And living here and having, you know, a good life, you know what I mean? And Poland is not that funny anymore. I mean, we, I mean, economically, we grow, you know. We just, we're becoming, you know... Uh, in general, a nicer, nicer country, you know what I mean? More money involved, you know, more, more investments, you know, it looks nice, you know, and everything. But there's uh, always, like, two sides of the coins, you know, and uh, there's some of the stuff, I mean, that, that, that is this political course that our government just took is just, I think it's just wrong, you know. It's like, a, it's very regressive. It's very, 
it's just it's just it's just not cool you know and uh yeah there's this this few politicians you know that try their best to to ban us in poland and uh, stop us but man i what can i say you know we got like tour schedule in poland it's like nine shows so far so good you know i think it's happening you know but then let's see what happens you know when we go back you know what i mean so yeah when when are you guys headed back Uh, in two weeks yeah in two weeks and um yeah so let's see what happens the apostles is actually doing great you know it's selling great it's still on the list of the best-selling albums in poland and it's been like what five or six weeks already so for this kind of music it seems like you know we're actually you know the best-selling band in poland which is good that's great congratulations so uh yeah, thank you. I mean, well, I didn't ask for that, you know. That's what's happening. And I probably, you know, it has like, it's like a double-edged sword, you know what I mean? They're fighting with us, you know, but in the end of the day, you know, we're, we're you know, we benefit from it. So it's not that bad after all. <laughs> yeah, sometimes if you're the target uh, and, and you're the one that the government's focusing on, you know you made it because yeah, you're, yeah, you're that high. That's, yeah, that's, that's what David Vincent from Orbit Angel uh, once said at and I love this uh, uh, statement. It's, it says, uh, "He said, uh, you are no one until someone really hates you." And I think it's there's lots of truth behind it. You know what I mean? I mean, when you're honest, you know, you're like, like a public person. You know, you're out there to, you know, to speak out your mind. You know what I mean? I mean, you can try to appeal to everyone. You know what I mean? Just try to satisfy everyone's whatever. I mean, you know what I mean? As an artist or as a politician, you know. But if you're there and you're honest to yourself, you know, you're always gonna have, you're always gonna have enemies because you're honest to yourself. So yeah, I believe I, I believe it's a sign of us being just you know non-compromising and sincere band, and that's good. Absolutely. Now you mentioned the new record, The Apostasy, which has yeah. is, is been getting great reviews and and received really well. What is the meaning behind that, The Apostasy? I just uh, had this interview with, with uh, one of the guys a few days ago, a few weeks ago maybe, and he asked me, and actually it was it, it was very surprising, you know, because I've never thought about this title in, the, in this way. The apostasy, he asked me, is it a neology of, of two words, the ecstasy and the apocalypse? And I kind of like that, you know. I mean, I even asked him, hey, can I steal your you know, idea, because it's it's kind of mm, innovative to me, you know, because I never ever, you know, came up with it, you know, so it's cool, I think it's cool, you know, ecstasy is a very strong word, and the apocalypse, of course, you know, everyone knows what's that, you know, what the, what's the meaning behind it, you know, so I like this kind of, you know, neologies, I like, they like this kind of combinations, you know, because, like, they, 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 they may become, you know, very innovative and powerful in, in its meaning, so... Yeah, let's say this is one of the interpretations of this title, you know. And the other one is the apostasy. When you look at the dictionary, it's all about rejecting one's religious beliefs. Of course, I'm not saying what 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 religious beliefs, you know, we're referring to. Basically, our attitude towards religion is um, is is not friendly attitude, you know. <laughs> and uh, I think it's just religion is one of the things, you know, that that strongly. It just, you know, totally limits a human being, you know what I mean? Especially these days. I mean, just turn on TV and you'll see that, like, all the crap that's happening there, you know, if it's not, like, natural catastrophes, it's all, like, all wars and everything, you know? It's, 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 in most cases, it's all, because, you know, because of the religion. We just, we just, we just played in Balkans, you know, like, Serbia and Bosnia. If you remember from, you know, news, you know, like, not so, not so, you know, uh, far ago, there was there was this you know this religious uh, warder, and uh, 
I was told that like within two days there was 8,000 Bosnians exter exterminated within two days when the Dutch uh, uh, soldiers left you know the next day it started you know and like just imagine you know it's, it's like it's like Second World War and you know? it's like Nazis you know fucking exterminating Jews and Slavs you know and you know different kinds different nations you know that they consider like you know a something lower right with a lower value or whatever and you know religions do exactly the same they fight over gods you know that were invented by men and why do you think you know something that you know you're describing as destructive why are so many people attracted to it though because people needs to be need to uh, have this uh, need to be led by someone by something you know people are, i mean you know most people have this. I mean, first of all, people are lazy, you know. People have, like, a very weak will. And uh, especially these days, you know, the whole materialistic approach and no values, you know, no uh, discipline and uh, no... Um, I don't know how to say, you know. People just, you know, are, are raised, you know, on, I mean, what they see on TV, you know what I mean? And uh, they, just, they, just, they just pretty much, you know, they just they're just there to follow they never make up their minds you know they never question things you know and uh, they're just waiting for uh, the final answers you know what I mean and that's easy that's easy way so um, yeah and I think this music the rebelliousness behind this music the rebelliousness behind, behind this title and the whole philosophy which is all about you know shaking the earth you know what I mean and it's like hey wake up this is our you know this is our call it's not about, you know, indoctrinating kids, you know, and just, you know, uh, converting them into evil. Because things like evil that I use on stage, of course, you know, evil and goodness are all like, you know, false terms, you know, for, for something that was, I mean, come on, you know, we're just human beings, you know. It's all nature, human nature, you know what I mean? So I'm like, yeah, it's all about, you know, trying to stimulate people's minds, you know, and just make them think about things. Make them think for themselves. Make them question things, question laws. Just look further, look wider than they can see. You know what I mean? Right. Just look at these kids today. They just follow. You know what I mean? They never, they never like rebel against things. You know? I don't. I remember when I was 14. I just sensed that there was something wrong in the religion. You know what I mean? I was going to have this second, third sacrament, which I don't know what's what it's called in English, and I just made up my mind last minute. I was like, no, I don't want to be part of this. And the apostasy is actually a state of, you know, just signing out of the church, you know. And I mean, that's what I pretty much did. I didn't, I never did it, you know, formally. But that's what you have to do, you know, if you just don't want to be a part of this uh, institution. So, uh, yeah, it's it's a very rebellious, but I think that's, that has, that's a deep intellectual background for this title. It's not just about uh, striking your enemy. It's about, uh, you know, waking up. The, the consciousness so I bet that was confirmation were you originally Catholic was your family Catholic yes I mean all the Poles Polish people are Catholics yeah. you know they have no other option you know what I mean that's what what is wrong about this world you know you have no options if you have options if you choose to take option you are immediately become a at least a weirdo a freak an enemy you know what I mean you don't want to be an enemy in a country of, you know, that like 99% that's what the statistics say, you know, believes, believe in God. It's like, it's, you know, you don't want to be outside, but you have to be, you know, <laughs> if you think for yourself, of course. So, 
I'm a big David Bowie fan. I got uh, uh, Hello Space Boy off the the outside record. Yeah, thank you. I mean, we do these experiments here and there. You know, we we cover David Bowie. That was the most uh, controversial uh, cover song we've done ever. I mean, this band. You know what I mean? It's like. We did Nine Inch Nails, and this one turned out really well, and I'm really happy with it. You know, actually, I was just talking to one guy who's like, "How about some Johnny Cash cover songs?" You know, like, <laughs> well, I'm a huge Johnny Cash fan, but I can't imagine doing Johnny Cash cover song. But maybe I'm not just, you know, I have to just grow up to this. You know what I mean? So you never know what the future brings, right? Like, <laughs> what music did you grow up listening to? Um, when I was a kid, you know, pretty much like anything that was coming from the Western world was attractive to me. You know what I mean? Because we had the censorship, you know. We we had all these Polish artists, and of course it was like it was it was all crap, as you can imagine. And uh, we just been you know told what to listen to, you know. And uh, occasionally you know some radios, you know. We had this radio called uh, Volna Europa, which in Polish is uh, Free Europe, you know. It was like it was it was censored, you know. But but some on some yeah uh, um, you could you could you could actually listen to this. Um, uh, programs on the radio, you know, and they're like playing all kinds of shit, you know, and uh, yeah, like man, I was like when I was a kid, I was like seven. I remember six or seven. I I started, you know, being like interested in music, like in general. So it was pretty much anything from disco to you know to like heavy music. So I had these tapes, you know, and I had Iron Maiden, and then it was Samantha Fox, you know what I mean. So pretty much anything, and then you know, I just I, I just got more and more attracted by by uh, heavier stuff you know so uh, after after like what like after a while I just you know I was not into like anything that that's that's softer than rock music you know it was hard rock and heavy metal and and all the you know and when you know the older I I, 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 I was you know the more you know extreme music I, I I was into so I was yeah I was kind of you know it was developing it was growing on me and but then you know I mean nowadays I'm I'm so open-minded you know I I just got like yesterday I was uh, downtown New York I went to this Generation store I love this store I got new Death's Pool Omega which is like a black metal from France then I got Morphine which is not a black metal band as just alternative avant-garde-ish whatever and then I got Ulver which is you know the also avant-garde music and uh, then I got uh, some other crazy shit so uh, pretty much anything you know some I, I'm even like getting into some you know country music lately and you know rockabilly stuff and you know pretty much anything that's good you know and and that's that's you know I just divide music into either good or bad you know sure. so I yeah looking at this we, we do something that's called the talking metal toast I don't actually know if it's going to make a sound with these uh, cans and cups but I can I, try to make a sound yeah let's do a toast I can, I can drink like a pig you know so it's like <laughs> cool here's it cool let's let's try to make a sound here with this cool. <laughs> <laughs> now here's the craziest thing check out this cup guys it's a behemoth shot glass yeah. isn't that insane it's I like know what? I already tested it I had um, Hatebreed shot glasses and I had Behemoth shot glasses. And I can tell you that uh, Yager from Behemoth shot glasses tastes better. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm, ki- I'm kidding. I'm kidding. People buy these shot glasses? Yeah, no, no, it's, 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 it's a giveaway. No. Uh, this is great. I was going to say, where can Talking Metal get some Behemoth shot glasses? And we'll do it. I think we'll awesome. we'll, we'll I think do awesome. all our toast from that, you know, those type of glasses. Yager yeah. yeah, might taste madly, you know, but look at this logo. 
I think it should be like this, you know. Oh, right, right, right. It's got to be. Yeah, so. Uh, for all you uh, Jägermeister people, you know that uh, this is a cross on it, but Nurgle turned the glass upside down. So, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, back to the, the band. Now, did you record the Promethean video yet, or are you yeah, going to record it's, it? It's, it's filmed, and it's being uh, mixed right now, and it should be ready within by the end of this month. Where, where did you guys do it? Was it a live setting? No, or? It, it was done in LA with a guy called uh, Darren Soren, and um, he's known for like doing videos for... Uh, he did like 300 videos, man. He's like wow. an experienced guy, you know. He did Caius. Asali dying and fucking millions of other bands. So, yeah, it's uh, it was good experience. It was good experience. You'll see. I don't wanna, you know, ruin the surprise. Yeah, you know, yeah. just just be surprised, <laughs> man. I think it's gonna be it's gonna just gonna look big. It's gonna look crazy. Very intense. The song is intense. Just three minutes long, but uh, it's fast. You know, it's still catchy. So, yeah, I think it's gonna be a great song. Very cool. We're looking forward to that. So then, after Ozfest, you said you're going back to Poland for for a little while. And Three days. Is that when the Radio Rebellion tour starts no, no, back no, no, up? No, or? No, no, no. We still got like you know eighty or hundred shows you know this year. So oh, okay. no, no, no. it's one of the things you know we're touring Poland, headlining, right after this tour. Then we got another three days off. Yes. And then we go to Europe and we do headlining in Europe and then we get another three days off. Yes. <laughs> I'm kidding. You know that's how I always schedule these tours. You know I'm stupid, but I should. We should probably, you know, take some more time off, you know. But this means, you know, that I like to keep it intense, you know. I like to keep it intense, you know, and, they and then take like two months off, you know. You know, no, no band activities, which is good, you know, to recharge batteries. So we're basically doing Poland, Europe, U.S., then Australia, New Zealand, and it's already Xmas. Wow. Yeah. And then uh, maybe back into the studio again after that? Oh, oh. Come on, man. You don't want you want to <laughs> you want to kill me, right? Uh, no, we uh, January is off. I'm actually thinking, you know, scheduling some vacation right now, thinking about, you know, where should I go and just have some rest. And then we're touring South America and Mexico in uh, February. Wow. And then eventually coming back to U.S. in the spring. So we'll be doing, it's already confirmed, we'll be doing three U.S. tours for this record. So it's it's going to be more than 100 shows altogether, just, just U.S. Yeah, this market is still fresh for us, you know. We want to work as hard as we can. For some European bands, it's pretty hard to come here, you know, because, you know, when uh, they get van and uh, they, they're, they're told to, you know, to tour U.S. in a van for five weeks, you know, hardly any European band want to do this, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think it's, it's a market that you have to really work hard, you know, you have to sacrifice a lot. You have to really devote yourself, you know, here. And I can tell you that it's really worth, you know, it's paying off, you know, we got fucking diehards here, you know. I don't know any other continent that we got fans that are like, that have like behemoth tattoos. And uh, we just started a section on MySpace, you know, that just, you know, like lots of, you know, people just sending their uh, behemoth tattoos, you know. We got fucking 80, you know, 80% of fans, you know, our eagles on. Or not just eagles, behemoth logo and everything. It's it's US people. And we, we've been newcomer for like, three four years now we are a new band here right we've been around for like 16 years or seven or 15 16 years but we are a new coming band here you know we are new we're a fresh band so it's awesome i'm i'm stoked i think it's great you know it means that these people are devoted to 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 this music you know what i mean and it's like man i just want to fucking you know serve my people you know what i mean so i definitely want to come back here and and 
you know, and play, you know, these tours and fucking have a good time. And, yeah, that's why we do, like, two signings a day. And, <laughs> and I think it is worth, you know. Today I saw this chick, you know, she had the whole Demigod, which is our previous record, the whole Demigod cover tattooed on her back. And she's actually considering having now uh, our uh, signatures tattooed on her body. Oh, and man, this you can you can uh, think of a bigger um, honor. Yeah. yeah, it I respect that a lot. Very cool. Well, Nurgle, man, we are just really psyched that you took out some time to hang with us after the show, which was unbelievable. And you know, we will definitely catch you on these. Uh, the extended U.S. tours that awesome. are coming up for sure, and uh, thanks again for hanging out with us, man. Yeah, uh, man, more than welcome. You know, come back next time we do a longer one. I promise we're gonna have some beers then. I'm sorry, you know, <laughs> we just ran out of them. You know, if we have beers on the bus, we do have beers every day, and two bottles of Jager. You know, we run out within two hours, it's all gone, man. And yeah. then we have to go around and search around, you know, you know, on other men's buses. So, <laughs> no problem. I've had I've had so much beer today. It's actually good. I'm drinking a Dr Pepper, courtesy of Behemoth and Nurgle. So, thank you. Thanks a lot. We appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, what's up, folks? This is Nurgle from Behemoth speaking. Yeah, you're listening to Talking Metal. Stay evil. Stay metal. See you in the fall. Cheers. Inner Sanctum by Behemoth. Go support these guys. Great death black metal. I don't know. First they were saying they were black metal. Now it appears that he's calling it death metal. I, whatever it is. I hate categories. You guys know that. I hate categories. Behemoth rocks. Download Inner Sanctum. Download the whole album. The Apostasy is the album off of iTunes. I want to end today's show with one of my favorite Accept tunes. Is that cool? I like Accept, man. I saw them... 1984, I remember the date, March 4th, 1984, Stanley Theater in Pittsburgh, PA. Thank you, Liz, for the beer. They opened up for Kiss on the Lick It Up tour. Very cool. We got Ozzy on the jukebox right now covering Joe Walsh. 
Great tune, man. Great Aussie cover. Definitely. This is Breaker by Accept. Came out back in 1981 before most of you little guys were born. So uh, long before a lot of you kids were born. Anyways, I was alive. I actually didn't discover Accept until Balls to the Wall, but I went back then and discovered Breaker. Right, yeah, that's the Balls to the Wall album is when I got into Accept as well. And uh, to me, that was such a fun time for for metal. And I really feel like at that point, like I was rooting for every metal band really to get known because like it was sort of like an underground thing. And I know now we like it to be underground, but back then I kept, you know, hoping that metal was going to really take off. And it sure did. And, um, you know, we are diehard metal fans who've been there, you know, for many, many years. Absolutely. And, uh, by the way, Martin Popoff calls Balls to the Wall one of the best albums ever made. So uh, that's a pretty heavy statement. Cheers to the guys in Accept. Cool. You know what's funny is that my parents actually took me to the to the Accept and Kiss show. And uh, they always would, for years to come, refer to that guy in the camouflage outfit. Like, like. In, in conversation, it would come up and say, yeah, hey, you remember that guy in the camouflage outfit? And, you know, they were, of course, referring to Udo. And you know what's interesting? If you take what how he looked back in the early to mid-'80s and brought him into contemporary 2007, his fashion sense back there, back then, which was a little odd, is now, you know, he's a little heavier and he's got the camo and the, and the buzz cut. He'd, he'd fit right in with your average warp band uh yeah, absolutely. He, 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 um, what do they call that? He had a, a vision of the future, you know? I was trying to say Warp Tour Band. I'm, uh, I'm a couple of beers in here at the Circus Bar, and I'm done. I'm done. I got to go. I think I'm going to stick around. <laughs> There's uh, one of the bartenders here. At, uh, that's her. Th- I guess uh, that's a thong uh, hanging out, and, you got, and she's got her tattoo right above that. Some people call that a tramp stamp. What do you call it? I love that uh, term. I forget where I recently heard of that, but tram stamp is like the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life. And uh, but I like it. I like it. Of course, you know. You think girls with a tram stamp are easy? No, I. I no truth to that rumor. No, I mean, if you're uh, rich and famous, probably easy. But uh, you know, I wanted to ask Nikki Six this. I, I have a feeling that the normal groupies are actually playing hard to get now because now they they want to be taken seriously like they could be like a wife or something like that. Whereas like back in the 80s, I think groupies just wanted to hook up with the rock stars. But now I think they still do, but they play hard to get for like a day or two. And then they think that, you know, if they do that, they're going to end up marrying like, you know, Brett Michaels or Nikki Six. I actually do think that. I don't think that. I think they're just as easy as ever. Yeah, I, not not that. Uh, the, only, the only reason I say that is because I, I know, and I, you know, I've, not from personal experience, but I've, I've witnessed like girls who know a lot of bands, but they're trying to pretend like they are, you know, high class, and they're not easy. Yeah, and I know I know some of those girls, and and I also they you know I also know what's gone down, and. Uh, what they say and what, what they did are usually two different stories. Got it, and I do believe that, too. So thank you for setting the record straight. I forgot to ask Nikki about that. But. I'm not going to mention any, any names, but uh, 
Actually, I, some names that some of you people might recognize out there. That's enough said. Let's get out of here. Let's listen to some Except. This is Breaker, 1981. Except. Except. 